Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Let me pose a question as we begin today to all of the spiritually mature ones. Let's say you're with a new, young believer. The question is, how should you help to teach this one concerning the deep reality and truth of God? Yes, the very triune God, the God of the Bible. Of course, there are great theological issues at play in such a consideration, the mysterious aspects of God being simultaneously three and yet uniquely one. Should all the new believers then be required to complete a thorough seminary course on the Trinity before they can truly know God? Well, the Bible addresses this very point in 1 John. Chapter 2, verses 20 and 27. Little children, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know. And the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone teach you. But as His anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and even as it has taught you, abide in Him." Bob Danker has joined us today as we take another look at these marvelous verses in 1 John chapter 2 concerning the anointing. And Bob, particularly, we need to be impressed that the all things here that are spoken of, the all things the anointing teaches us, really in the proper context, these are all things concerning the very triune God, aren't they? That's right, Chris. Actually, the context of these verses is John is fighting against a heresy concerning the person of Christ. And in this kind of context, he mentions the anointing, which teaches the believers, even the youngest, the newborn babes in Christ, it teaches them concerning the truth of the triune God, the truth concerning Christ, the truth concerning all the aspects of the Trinity are bound up with this thing called the anointing. And we need to really enter into the depth of this matter and appreciate it, because Here, John did not turn to theology Mm -hmm. to try to instruct the believers. He pointed them to a subjective matter, the anointing which they had received from the Holy One, from the triune God himself. That anointing was moving in them, operating in them, and in so doing, it was teaching them the truth concerning the triune God. On the program a couple of days ago, talking about the anointing, uh, we mentioned that in practicality, and maybe this is unique to Christianity in this century, this matter of the anointing has been uh, somewhat avoided almost entirely by one segment of the Christian church, the so-called fundamental or uh, conservative or traditional side, and uh, somewhat misunderstood or misapplied by the charismatic or Pentecostal side. And I hope, I really pray, Bob, that as we don't try to target any specific narrow uh, branch of the faith, but really minister to the whole body of Christ, that this matter would be brought into its proper understanding and context in these next few programs. Don't you, you have the same sense the Lord is really trying to get through in this area? I believe you're right, Chris. I share this hope that uh, this matter of the anointing, as relates to our experience, would become clear 
and would be so practical and real to all the believers. We have, I think, some marvelous examples today that will help bring this matter into a clearer focus. We'll hear in this first segment today as we join Witness Lee and his fellowship, again, a reference to an Old Testament passage that is closely related to the anointing. Actually, it's very clear that John was making reference to passage in Exodus chapter 30 when he uses this term and anointing, the reference being to the holy anointing oil. I think when we finish uh, listening to Witness Lee, we'll go ahead and read this passage from Exodus 30, just a couple of verses. But as a little bit of background, Bob, just say something briefly about what the holy anointing oil was in its Old Testament application. Yes, uh, Chris, when Moses received the pattern of the tabernacle from God at the time when the children of Israel were building the tabernacle, God commanded him to make an anointing oil that was to be applied to the priests, to their garments, to the tabernacle, to all the furniture of the tabernacle. This was something that was to be applied to the tabernacle and the priests who served in it. And this anointing oil was a very particular kind of oil. It was made of one hin of olive oil as a base, and then to that were added four spices. So it was actually a compound of olive oil and spices. So we call it a compound ointment or a compound anointing oil. It was not just a single ingredient. It had multiple ingredients. All right, and we'll see how this type applies to uh, the anointing we have received from the Holy One in First John as we continue today. Here's Witness Lee. We should remember well that you had the word firstly to the Father again, then to the young man. This second speaking is not that simple. It speaks altogether on the passive side concerning the anointing the teaching of the anointing, and on the negative side, it is concerning the Antichrist. Firstly, for the young men who are strong and who have the Word of God abiding in them, they have to deal with the world as we have seen already. Now, the apostle says something that has very much to do with the growth in life of the uh, young children. This indicates that all these saints have to receive the adequate teaching of the anointing. And if you would read these verses, 18 through 27, you could see the teaching of the anointing is mainly to teach us the mystery of the Trinity. You have to take care of the context. In the context, the teaching of the anointing is concerning the things of the Trinity. What is the anointing? The anointing is just the fulfillment of the uh, compound ointment recorded and revealed in Exodus chapter 30. In this compound ointment, there are the elements as the ingredients. You know, the process God did take these tabs, this tab of incarnation, 
right? The stab of living on this earth and the stab of crucifixion and the stab of resurrection and even the last stab of ascension. These are the stabs of his work or of his activity. And all the stabs of his activity become elements of this compound life-giving spirit. I hope that you could follow my language. Well, Bob, in an attempt to follow his language, let's pick up this type of the holy anointing oil from Exodus chapter 30, verse 23, 24, 25, is where the recipe is given. It says, you also take the finest spices of flowing myrrh, 500 shekels, and of fragrant cinnamon, half as much, 250 shekels, and of fragrant calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil, and you shall make it a holy anointing oil, a fragrant ointment, compounded according to the work of a compounder. It shall be a holy anointing oil. What's the type, and how do we see its fulfillment in the New Testament? Chris, I believe many Bible teachers realize here that this holy anointing oil is a type or a picture of the Spirit, the Spirit of God. So, in essence, God wants to anoint his dwelling place. In the New Testament sense, that's the believers, the church, that's us. God wants to anoint us with his Spirit. But the Spirit that God applies to us by anointing us is a compound spirit. He's not just the Spirit of God with divinity only. Because, as Witness Lee mentioned here, the triune God has passed through some steps of a process. He has some activities that he has completed, accomplished. The first of these activities is incarnation. So the triune God became a man. That means he acquired, in addition to his divinity, he acquired humanity, which he has never put off. He still has that humanity. That's a, a startling but a marvelous realization that our God today is not only divine, but he is now human. Yeah. At a point in time, the word became flesh. The word became flesh. And that becoming flesh was irreversible. When God put on humanity, he never intended to put it off. And in this humanity, he had more activities. For instance, he accomplished a human living on the earth for 33 and a half years. He lived as a man with God in him, as God and man living together for 33 and a half years. Then he died on the cross. In his death, he accomplished many things. They're too marvelous. We don't have time to mention them all. Then in his resurrection, he accomplished more things. Well, all these steps of his activities are now included in him. They are now part of him. Right. <laughs> you see, so today the spirit of the triune God or the Spirit of Christ is not just a spirit of divinity only. This spirit has humanity plus human living plus death on the cross with its effectiveness, Mm -hmm. all the things that this death accomplished, plus the resurrection of Christ is included in the Spirit who is today the compound anointing oil that anoints us as God's priests and as God's habitation, God's dwelling place. So this is a marvelous thing. When God anoints us today with himself, this anointing is not simple. It has 
many marvelous ingredients, all of which we can know and experience through this anointing. So according to the um, type, the recipe, so to speak, in Exodus 30, Moses was instructed to begin with this uh, pure hin of olive oil, which really represents the Spirit of God with divinity only. And then all of these elements, these ingredients were added to it, representing the various aspects of the work of Christ accomplished in his incarnation, human living, death, resurrection, and even ascension. And so now the Spirit has become something compounded, containing all of these aspects, these elements. So the Spirit we receive today is not a simple thing, is it? Marvelous. It's truly marvelous. What we have received of God today is beyond our highest admiration. It's it's too excellent So God passed through this process, and all these ingredients were added to his divinity to make him now a compound, life-giving spirit in the resurrection of Christ. Now, this spirit enters into us to apply the divine trinity to us, to anoint God into our inner being with all the ingredients of what he is and of what he has accomplished. And so I think that helps us as we uh, pick up the point we began with today in our introduction, that as such a compound, all-inclusive, life-giving ointment, life-giving spirit, as it's applied to us in our experience, it is also teaching us concerning the one that is being applied to us, isn't it? Marvelous. It is too marvelous. All right, let's continue. We'll go back to Witness Lee. So the anointing is just the compound of the triune God and his activities. The Father, the Son, the Spirit, not only so, listen, the divinity and the humanity. The divine nature and the human nature. Not only so, oh, his incarnation, his living on this earth and his crucifixion being put to death, and his resurrection, and his ascension. All these are the elements of this compound. This is the anointing. Only this kind of anointing, or only this kind of compound, can teach us the triune God. Just like you buy a paint. In this paint, you have different elements. And all the different elements are the very ingredients of this paint. Now, the anointing as the very all-inclusive compound spirit, who is the process triumph God, has all the elements of the triumph God, not only the elements of his persons, but also the elements of his activities. Are you going to know the elements of certain paint? The best thing that can teach you concerning the elements of that paint is the paint itself. You buy that paint, and then you paint it upon some wood. But this, surely, you'll be taught concerning the paint. Without the paint, itself, you can never be taught what is the paint. I tell you, the triune God teaches us concerning the triune God by himself. And now, he himself is the anointing. 
as the anointing, he teaches us concerning himself. This kind of teaching is not objective. It's all subjective. And this subjective anointing can teach us the things concerning the triune God. Bob, I have to confess, uh, this kind of illustration uh, is easy for me to relate to. I am in a continual do-it-yourselfer, and I can relate to going to the paint store and telling the fellow across the counter exactly the kind of job I have and what kind of paint do I need for this, and he's going to tell me according to his expertise. But it, not until I actually dip the brush in and start applying it to uh, the surface do I really learn the characteristics of this paint, how it covers, how whether or not it runs, how many coats it will take, et cetera, et cetera. This is a good application or a good illustration. A very good illustration. By looking at the applied paint, you can tell a lot about that paint, including what pigments are in there to give it its color and so forth. I can try to describe the paint uh, chemically and give you an idea of what's in yeah. it. But the best way to learn about the paint is to go and put some on the wall. Right. Then you learn a lot, right, by a subjective experience. And so in this book of First John, John is not leading us into theology and the theological study of the divine trinity. John is leading us into the realm of experience, mm. the realm where the triune God wants us to go. He himself has accomplished so many things, and he has become a compound of all the elements of what he is as the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and all his activities. They've all been compounded together into a wonderful anointing oil, the all-inclusive Spirit who's in our spirit. Now, by our experiencing, uh, enjoying of this anointing day by day, we learn the ingredients of the triune God. We learn his divinity because we enjoy his divinity. Right. We learn that he's also human. He's very human. And he knows how to live the human life because he has the human living compounded into his person now. And we also know the effectiveness of his death. Wow. You know, when we touch this anointing, all the negative things within us are terminated, crucified. This is really the way to be saved from so many negative things. And also we know the power of his resurrection. We know all the ingredients... If someone comes to try to tell us something that's not true concerning the triune God, we will have an inner registration about this. We will have right, some right. feeling deep in our being that this teaching is not right because the anointing will be within us teaching us all the time the truth concerning the Trinity. Boy, this is very critical. Uh, as you pointed out earlier, in the whole context is John trying to inoculate these young believers against these heresies that were coming in, the teachings of Antichrist, denying that Jesus was the Christ and all of these aspects. So rather than give them a, you know, a strict theological checklist, be sure that they're not saying this and they are saying this and don't say that, he was introducing them personally to the experience of the anointing. This was his inoculating. Wonderful. <laughs> all we need to do is to tell the young believers who don't know very much, actually their knowledge is not that great, but we just need to, to direct them to the inner anointing. This anointing will teach them concerning God. Mm. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee once more. The anointing is the very triune God becoming your experience, your enjoyment. The very enjoyment of the triune God is the anointing within you. You know, a good eater 
eating certain things quite often. Suppose you eat New York beef. Quite often, quite often, I tell you, surely you will be taught by the beef you eat. And eventually, you know the beef. You know the beef not by learning some objective lessons. You know the beef by your subjective eating of the beef. Every day, every day, every day you eat beef, you sure know beef because you have enjoyed beef a lot. Every good eater of certain item is one who knows that item to the uttermost. Suppose you like coffee all the day. I believe you know coffee better than all others. If you have been drinking coffee for 60 years, probably you don't need to drink. You just put the coffee at your nose. You know, this is bad. And your knowledge is not doctrinal. Your knowledge is experiential. How do we know the triune God? The triune God is impossible to be known by us in doctrine. But we can know him by enjoying him. When he becomes your enjoyment, he is anointing in you. When he becomes your enjoyment, he is the very anointing in you. What is the anointing? This is the teaching of our experience. You shouldn't listen to any kind of teaching objectively. You should take care of your experience. It is your experience of the Chinese God that teaches you. Whether the sugar is sweet, it's bitter, don't listen to the propaganda. You better listen to your tongue. Taste a little bit. Then you tell whether it's bitter or sweet. The experience more trustworthy. It's more accurate. The very triune God experienced and enjoyed by us is this anointing. And this subjective anointing teaches us subjectively. Bob, we have just a little time, but if we help the young ones into a proper and genuine experience and enjoyment of the very trying God. That's the best inoculation. That's the best help we can give them, isn't it? I agree with that, Chris. We may uh, think that if we teach them theology, that will be the help that they need. But actually, they need to know the triune God by their experience, by experiencing him and enjoying him. Then, when they encounter something that's not according to the truth, it will taste bitter to them they will realize that this does not help them to enjoy and experience the triune God. In fact, it takes them away from that enjoyment. Therefore, they would spontaneously reject it. Even if they don't have a degree in theology, they can still know the truth because the anointing within them will teach them the truth.
This, of course, is the Apostle John's writing, but on the other side, what you just pointed to, the Apostle Paul said almost exactly that in Ephesians, didn't he? He said, every wind of teaching that carries them away. So there's really the contrast presented even in Scripture in the New Testament, the kind of approach of the winds of teaching, this teaching and that one, to try to keep them on the right track as opposed to really helping them touch, lay hold of, experience, and enjoy, and love this wonderful triune God that's our full portion. That's right. We can never be guarded from the wrong teachings just by outward objective doctrinal knowledge. We must know the triune God. We must be people who experience him and enjoy him as the inner anointing. That is the best safeguard for us. Well, if the anointing is also equally described as the enjoyment of Christ, uh, we've experienced a little today, Bob, and I really appreciate uh, your participation. Hope you'll come back and that we could get in this anointing oil again. I look forward to it, Chris. I really love this book of First John. I do, too. As uh, I mentioned, we are out of time. I'd like to give you our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. We, of course, have the printed Life Study messages, many other resources available. 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Join us again tomorrow as we wrap up another week on our Life Study of First John. For Bob Danker and Chris Wilde, thank you very much for listening today. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164.